Tell me if this sounds like you. You have a brilliant idea for a podcast, an idea that's refreshing in a sea of existing podcasts, but you don't know where to begin. Enter Buzzsprout. As a Buzzsprout user from my show's beginnings, I can tell you it has made podcasting easier. Buzzsprout gets your show listed on every major podcast platform, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You get detailed analytics to see how people are listening, audio players you can drop into other websites, and more. Buzzsprout is also passionate about helping you succeed. They publish new blog posts, YouTube videos, and podcast episodes every week so you can hear from podcasters who live and breathe podcasting. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, visit the link in our show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Hi, I'm Katie Turner, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast that shares the stories of creatives to inspire our listener. I'm your host, Steph Pham. You might recognize Katie Turner from American Idol, but since her days as a contestant in 2018, she's been receiving critical acclaim from the likes of Time, Billboard, and Euphoria. Signed on to Atlantic Records, Katie's released music that's resonated with her audience due to the extremely relatable storytelling in her lyrics. We talk about her EP, Heartbroken and Milking It, managing anxiety as a creative, and her experience on American Idol. Sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy my conversation with Katie Turner. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. Joining me right now is Katie Turner. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Now, as a little icebreaker, I heard that you are a Dis nerd or Disney is kind of a big part of your life. So (laughs) I want to know what's your comfort Disney movie, like your go to Disney movie if you need to pick me up. Princess and the Frog or Tangled. Girl <gasps> is my mom. <laughs> or Hercules, but Hercules for me is one of those ones where you forget how good it is until you watch it again. And then it like boosts up to your favorite list again. And then you'll forget about how good it is again. It just repeats. Oh, I love Hercules. You just named like some of my favorites on that list. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Damn, I'm so glad I just tangled. I feel like it's paid dust it does no everyone tangled isn't just a bed that you can like sleep on it needs the same praise of frozen and everything it's so good it's really really good it's it's one of my favorites i see i sing i see the light like all the time so i'm so glad that you named that movie (laughs) oh no the healing incantation is what i sing all the time because it's so good yes it is mandy moore's voice chef's kiss chef's kiss indeed You grew up in a small town outside of Philadelphia in a music scene desert, I would consider. So how did you develop your artistry and musicianship? Um, I really used the Internet um, because that was really my own. Yeah, it is a music dead zone. And I had such stage fright. So I wasn't like performing and really getting choir solos. So how I got introduced to like music and expanding my music and like learning guitar chords was like actually the internet because I feel like now kids are born with like a phone in front of their like faces at all moments at all times but you know social media came around 
when I was 12, really, it started growing in popularity. So like, it was when social media was less like toxic, and I would just get through music that way. Oh, my gosh. And that's kind of interesting, because like, I know that there's like this whole thing where I was a millennial, and most of my music love actually along along the same lines came from the internet. I grew up the typical Asian kid and I, I played violin and all that stuff, but my true love for music didn't come until my sister and I would binge watch music videos online. We would just sit there, we would just watch different music videos, especially when you're not like in a huge music city like Nashville or New York or LA. It's kind of comforting to have that resource or that space out there. And it kind of you know fosters your love for things beyond your four walls. Yeah, definitely. You put it way better than I could. It was definitely just, all I had is the radio and with the internet, it just kind of gave you different people you would have never known before. And also shows you how like, yeah, you could foster your creativity because with the music videos, it's like, I see K-pop music videos and I like, my senses are like, just like, because there's so much color and they're all gorgeous. And I'm just like, this is, this is what it's really about here. <laughs> a lot of us know you from American Idol. What's something from that journey that has stayed with you to this day? Uh, I think the growth from it. Before I went on American Idol, I was homeschooled. Um, and my social skills reflected that. Um, I literally was doing the... So when people, when the pandemic started, people were all like, oh, how are we going to survive? But I prepped for that. I did like two years in like total isolation, only communicating on like Tumblr. So when I went to American Idol, I um, reflected that I only talked to people through like Tumblr and was in total isolation for like years. Uh, and I, after American Idol, I like grew into this like, confident assured person who could hold a sentence together without like crying so that that's really stuck with me honestly um performers not a lot of people are aware that there is this big part of social anxiety that comes with it too not just performance anxiety but social anxiety too whether it's like doing an interview or whether it's just actually being in the public and interacting with people there is that part because some people could just be they're natural extroverts but like for some creatives especially introvert creatives there's this element where like we have that that kind of contributes to our social aspects where it, it helps us in a way i guess like it like performing also helps us in a way to like develop our social skills in a way. Definitely. Music has made me an actual like functioning member of society because I I can now make eye contact and I, I can actually hold a conversation. And because my friends made fun of me because if sometimes if I don't like a conversation, I won't even indulge them in giving them like the oh, I, someone's over there. I have to go. But it was so nice. I just walk away. I just give up. And that's literally how it would be. Like I would, I would just, now I'm mastering it. And that's all because of the music industry. It's like a crash course in life. Speaking on that, anxiety is something a lot of creatives face. And how are you able to create or perform on days that you're anxious? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I... Um, I 
well, no, obviously I have to because it, um, but I'm not getting, it depends. It depends on like, if I'm in mid, mid panic attack, I cannot do it. I am incapable of doing anything and I would just get in fetal position and cry. But if it's like, just like the feeling of anxiety that hasn't completely, oh, I like, I haven't gotten through it. It's, it's not taken over yet. And it's just like a really a feeling in the back of my brain. Usually I'll try and just like write a song about it and it'll like, which is so typical. Um, but yeah, if I'm having like, everybody knows if I'm in a mood, like I'm not getting anything done. I, I, I very much think with my feelings. I'm very emotionally uh, motivated as well. It, I'm, I get into those modes where whether I'm trying to prep for an interview or I have those modes where I'm trying to write something and if I'm just in a terrible mood or if I get anxious or whatever, I my brain just shuts down. I can't do it. I'm just going to have to set it aside and like do it for another time. It's interesting where sometimes just going through whatever the creative thing is, is cathartic. It'll sometimes help us creatives release those motions of anxiety or whatever so yeah sometimes it's it's a it's a dual-edged sword i guess being creative and i can use this to express my emotions but sometimes it's what's causing the anxiety too <laughs> yes that's that's such a great way to put it it's like when you're when you start putting pressure on your creativity like what i talked about once to ironically my therapist i talked about this to her so ooh, um I took the advice of my song seriously. Um, but I talked about this to my therapist. I you I put so much of my self-worth into my creativity. And by doing that, it puts pressure on the creativity and the creativity won't flow through. And then I actually just get like nothing done. It's this like weird conundrum and a cycle that like just never ends. <sighs> I think you just described what every creative goes through. It, it is definitely a cycle. And I think talking it out or even like pausing for a bit just kind of helps. Because I we get into that mode where we're like, okay, as a creative, I have to create and I have to be productive or else, you know, like you said, like we kind of define our self-worth on our creativity or whatever. And we just have to realize that's a part of us, but like it's not the entirety of us. And so, yeah, it, it's good. It's good to talk that stuff out I know it's it's nice to know when I talk to creatives it's like just so nice to know it's like I am not crazy this is just this is just the the burden of having too many feelings but also edge it is a dual-edged sword having too many feelings gets you some really good content it does it does and speaking of content one of my favorite tracks of yours is a little more how can creatives who relocate remedy that feeling of missing home? Well, in my case, it's usually just my mom flies me home immediately. I remember like, I miss home, which isn't realistic for a lot of people. It's just that my mom is just like, yes, I please, I will fly you home. Please come home because she misses me so much. But how I've remedied remedied the feeling of missing home is I've just made a new home somewhere else and I just tried to find bits of home in the new location I tried to like establish new rituals with like new people and like 
not try and replicate what you had back home, but just make new experiences that will define home for you there. Ooh, that was chef's kiss beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you. I like that. Hey nerds, thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you're enjoying the episodes so far. We're always looking to improve the show, so any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature, so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. So uh, we're going to talk about your EP, Heartbroken and Milking It, that just dropped. Everybody go stream it because it's genius. Absolutely. Thank you. What inspired this project centered around heartbreak? It's it's what was happening to me at the time when I wrote this. um, And I was going into writing sessions and I would literally leave with another song about how I was sad and how I was sad. I was heartbroken and I was sad that I lost like, and it just was so repetitive that it almost became like a joke of like, Oh, well, here's, here's another one. And it just felt right naming the EP that because I just wanted to call it what it it was. Like I, no matter if, if, if someone in a writing session didn't know what to write about, like what, what's going on in your life? I'm like, well, let me tell you. And, but, but I was just milking it. I, I could knew I could always go back to that one heartbreak and get a song out of it. <laughs> and you know, something that, um, I, I saw one of your, I think it was a reel on your Instagram, but you were like unpopular opinion that the heartbreak, the heartbreak of a friendship can sometimes hurt more than an actual heartbreak of a relationship. And honestly, I don't know how many people out there can relate to it, but I found it relatable because, you know, um, sometimes when you, in a friendship, you develop such a bond where that heartbreak is almost, if not more heartbreaking than an actual relationship. A significant other, you know, their role in your life is significant other like romantic and when you lose them it's like okay I just lost my romantic partner but like a friend they can be like a family member they can be a partner in crime they're your best friend and so you lose way more roles in one and they're the person you go to when the person breaks your heart to cry about it to them so when you lose them it's you're losing a big foundation Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I related to that so much because I know that, you know, people, some, sometimes it can burn bridges and they're like, okay, I've cut that person off of my life, you know, I can move on or whatever. But sometimes whenever you have this friendship that, you know, you developed over a long time, and then all of a sudden you cut ties with them, it's not easy to just let all that stuff go and yeah it really does because you like you said it so perfectly it's like losing several different roles in one like the person that you would travel with or the person that like would comfort you after a significant other heartbreak there's just so many roles that they took on that like you're losing a lot of that and yeah it hurts (laughs) it's also hard to uh, live in the present because The friendship may not be serving you now in the present, but it's easy to hold on to like the past when it like did serve you and try and force it to work into your life. And sometimes it just doesn't. And that's okay. (laughs) 
You end the EP with this beautiful ballad titled Wish I Didn't Have to Lie. What made you want to end the EP with this particular song? Honestly, I, as an artist, it's always really fun because I see people like Taylor Swift who puts so much thought into everything she does. It's so like thought out and planned and she'll have a word search and it'll be 13 lines across 13 lines down. It'll be executed. Everything has a reason with Taylor Swift. Honestly, I just ended the album. Wish I didn't have to lie. Cause I'm like this. And the title looks cool here. The title looks cool here. So I kind of put it there. Um, just just for the very simple reason i just thought it looked cool i like that sometimes you like you just need you just need the aesthetic to close everything off i like that you just yeah like yeah like uh taylor swift like you said she she's very meticulous she has like a very definitive intention with everything but sometimes you're just like i like it there it's a good way to end this yeah you just you're just like okay that's it yeah i feel like it just also other than the aesthetic, I feel like, you know, it does kind of wrap up what the EP, Heartbroken. And I think it's the most outwardly heartbroken of the EP of being like, you ruined this and you ruined that. And like, some nice bow on what I'm trying to say. <laughs> now, this is a tough question, but it's kind of like asking, do you have a favorite child? But do you have a favorite song off the EP? Yes, it's funeral. Ooh. I'd be such a bad mom because, yeah, it's like I, I just easy funeral. <laughs> Any particular reason why it's your favorite? I think it's um, just the concept of it still hits because I feel like when they're like diary entries for me and I feel like funeral, I felt that it's a time capsule. So when I was feeling those feelings about the heartbreak from like a relationship, I can look back and be like, I don't feel those things anymore. Not, not as strong. Um, so it's like funeral, I think still, you know, you can still like feel and still relate to just as much as when you wrote it, the actual day it was created. And sometimes those are the most, uh, those are the most, I guess vulnerable and empathetic songs that people can relate to when you just, when you just hear the artists and you can tell that like they're feeling everything that they're saying, you're like, Oh, I definitely relate to that. Cause I can hear the authenticity and the honesty in their voice. Yeah. It, it, it just, it still hits it. I, I, it's so, I don't listen to my music, but I'll listen to funeral and cry to it. Like it's not me who wrote it and sang it. <laughs> so we talked about Taylor Swift. How do you feel about being compared to artists like Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish? Um, I, I mean, I love it because I think they're amazing songwriters and amazing like musicians. So I'm always just really, you know, like complimented because I'm like, wow, these people who made big names for themselves in like music and they're so amazing. So when pe if people can find some of them in me, like I'll take it. I'll, one of the things that comes with being an artist is crippling self-doubt. Um, so 
if someone's saying I they see some Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish in me who I know are cool, I'm like, okay, I guess that makes me cool by default. <laughs> it does make you cool. How do you think you would react if somebody was talking to an upcoming artist and they're like, I can hear some Katie Turner in your in your music? How would you react if somebody said that? Oh, I would freak out. I would freak. Yeah, that's it. Like makes me flex. It's just like wow, that would be so cool and crazy and my biggest like for people want a grammy and things and that will solidify you know i made it to them or like a bit but for me i would be like okay i made it if somebody said that or if like my song was sung on like american idol by somebody those are like two moments i just really am like kind of like wow like i did it oh I love that. <laughs> I from a deadline. How do you know when a project is complete? I don't. Um, I don't. Usually it's my, um, I, cause I don't hear production very well. I write a song and I'm like, that's the song. And the people are like, no, that's not it. And then they'll be like, do you like this version? And I'll be like, yeah, it sounds fine. I don't, I don't know what you guys want. And then they're like, no, it's, that's not it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So when people tell me that they think the song is done, I'm like sick. F, like that's, yeah, honest. <laughs> hey, I would be in the same position because like, I'm just like amazed with what producers can do. And so, and I, I myself, like if I was an artist, I wouldn't have the ear to be like, oh, because I would I would be that person that'd be like, it's fine. It's fine. Like and it's like just like the first or second draft. And they're like, no, you got to like tweak this like 50 million more times before it's ready to go. Me. That's <laughs> exactly you. Exactly. That is that is me. I will. I will be this is the song. And someone will be like, well, I think you could go stronger with the lyrics here. I'm like, no, that that first Second draft, that is what the song is. I cannot take constructive criticism. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a place that you feel most creative? Mm. Weird, weirdly enough, my childhood bedroom, which I'm in right now, but at the same time, sometimes I don't feel creative at all so it's like a depends on the environment I think the environment helps but also it just sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't because I've written some bad songs in here too <laughs> well Miss Katie we are at my last question for you I can't believe we're here it's just been so nice and relaxing to talk to you you just you just radiate just, like very positive and just like I love this energy that comes from you and so I have enjoyed speaking with you but I've enjoyed speaking with you too for my final question um it is a hypothetical scenario you, okay. Taylor Swift, Lizzo, and Harry are all working on a song together. What would you call that song? Oh my God. What would I call that song? Oh my God. Um, well, I think I would just like. So, oh my God. <sighs> I think, I'd, first of all, I don't think that would 
that that's definitely a hypothetical because I don't think that would ever happen. Not because it can't happen because I was, I would definitely self-sabotage it from happening. Um, I would just object myself from this. I'll be like, like, no, like I, I know eject. I'd self eject myself from that song so quick because I'm like, I would be so scared of being around them in a great way just because there's God. Um, I guess I'd name the song uh, Sexy People. Uh, and yeah, because that's, and then I would just like cry. <laughs> I think we have something in the works, people. Sexy people, look out for it. It's going to be a, this track that features Taylor Swift, Lizzo, Harry Styles, and Katie Turner. It, it's going to happen. We're going to manifest it into the universe. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I'm all about that manifestation. It was Lionsgate Portal yesterday. I'm manifesting. <laughs> Well, Katie, you've just been such a delight to speak with. I am going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where they can find you on social media, where they can find your music and stream Heartbroken and Milking It. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, wow. OK. Hi, listeners. I'm Katie. If you liked hearing me talk, you can hear me sing and you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Napster. If you're into that title, if you pay title prices, um, Amazon Music, uh, Pandora, the list goes on. Whatever you have, you can find me on there. It's Katie with a C and uh, you can stream Heartbroken and Milking It. And I hope you have a great day and take your vitamins. Katie, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having I'm literally taking my vitamin right now. <laughs> Special thanks to Katie for being this week's guest. A part of our conversation that I really enjoyed is that when she was talking about how the creative industry or the music industry gave her a crash course in life. And I can completely relate because I think this job has definitely taught me more about being a conversationalist, about engaging with people and just being a functioning member of society, as Katie would put it, uh, more than a lot of things have. And that is something that I'm grateful for being a creative. If you want to learn more about Katie, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Fan and Vico. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Fan serves as the host and editor. To learn more about Popner Lounge, visit our website at popnerlounge.com. You can follow us on all social media at Popner Lounge. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Fan.